Welcome to the Ion Cannon Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Stephen, and I'm joined by my friends and co-hosts, Tom and William. Uh, we're back after a very brief break. Uh, we've got some perspective now, and we're ready to look back on uh, the Rebels season finale. I don't know about you guys. I'm really excited to talk about this. Wow, it's Rebels season finale. That is kind of a way to put it, but <laughs> would you call it a finale or kind of a sequel to Rebels? Because well, I thought we kind of did get a finale in Rebels. That's yeah, minor details. That's what's so fun about this show is it it feels like a love letter to fans of Clone Wars and Rebels. And if you loved mm, either show, true. and especially if you loved both shows, like you know all of us do, and I'm sure many of our listeners who are, who are tuning into this episode do, then it is it, it is so wonderful to you know it really is does feel like a, a, another season of Rebels or Clone Wars and don't know if we're going to get another season of Ahsoka. There's been no news. We don't know if this is a limited season series or if it's just season one of a larger arc. I think we all hope it's season one. So we're going to brand it as season one as part of this, uh, <laughs> this would, podcast. But it may it's be the only wise, season. We'll see. But I certainly hope not. Um, but but the yeah, hanger they left us with, they oh. have to give us some kind of explanation. Yes. But no, Ending, it, something. this really is, though, it really is a... a, a continuation of two of the fans favorite series uh that that lucasfilm has done so far and in animation in particular so i'm excited mm-hmm. to look back at this break it all down with you guys discuss more um i guess before we go into it tom you want to just give a quick for those who have and i hope everyone's seen ahsoka what's the synopsis of the of the show well, the show is actually set after the fall of the Empire. Star Wars Ahsoka follows the former Jedi Knight Ahsoka Tano as she investiga- investigates an emerging threat to a vulnerable vulnerable galaxy. And my, might I say, before we get into the show, I really do appreciate how they were able to blend Rebels and the Clone Wars into this episode. And the best thing about it is it worked seamlessly. Yeah, it, 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 as we were saying, I think at the top of the show, it felt like a continuation of both yeah. franchises. I think as a fan of both, that's what I, I loved about this series. I think there is potentially a, a flip side of that where if you haven't seen Clone Wars or Rebels, I don't know, like looking back, how accessible do you guys think it is for fans who haven't seen those shows? If you've seen it, it's a fantastic series. Oh my gosh, amazing mm-hmm. For those who haven't, let's start there. What do you think of its accessibility? So I think there's two two aspects or concerns I had going into it, uh, or looking back, maybe I should say. One, I don't think the Ahsoka's character arc feels as full, as uh, multidimensional, potentially, like to, to use a different word, if you didn't have some of the context for her past appearances, not in Mandalorian, but in Clone Wars and in Rebels. Mm-hmm. Uh, the second one that I think is actually a bigger issue in many ways is I don't think they did justice with Thrawn in this particular series. Mm-hmm. He very much was uh, 
hyped up even in the show as the you know the big bad we can't let him come back and i think the show really failed to deliver on an example of why that is the case right. uh, it's like i'm trying to think of a good uh like other star wars analogy but it, it's he just kind of he, he appears he he doesn't do anything particularly amazing um and then we're left with like he's something bigger is hopefully coming like that's the implication at the end of the show but just the fact that we never got a big thrawn brilliant type moment where he deduces something he uh like solves a problem he underlines his threat i think is the biggest issue and it, it leaves the show in my mind for those who don't know thrawn lacking mm. a little bit of punch at the end mm. um there's no sense of a big finale because you just why do i care about this person and i think a parallel to that might be captain phasma because phasma was completely hyped up for the sequel trilogy and really what did she do you got her backstory in the book but there was really nothing happening with her that would be considered why is she so terrifying why is she in this outfit why is she somebody that should be respected within this stormtrooper battalion? There is nothing there around her. Thrawn, I completely agree. I think you saw pieces of Thrawn. You saw a little bit of trying to stay the step of step ahead, but you never really got to see what makes him Thrawn. And like I mentioned when we wrapped up the series, I think if they were to do a season two to show how deadly he can be, when you first see the Chimera again, there has to be debris of rebel ships around the Chimera. And that would basically prove he is a force to be reckoned with. It can't just be Thrawn shows up and then now he's got us. No, you have to you have to make a statement when you see him again. Yeah, I, I, I'm excited. to. I think we'll we'll spend some time diving more into Thrawn and his character later. But I think as far as. Um, you know, you guys, you both bring up some, some very good points. I think as far as someone coming in fresh, right. Cause I, obviously we've, we've seen this, this series many times, right. We've seen, we, we know all there is to know about Ahsoka and the characters from rebels and clone wars, having seen clone wars and, 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 and rebels many, 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 many times and reviewed every single episode for just like talking with other people. I think the. That that I've 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 spoken with a lot of them enjoyed Ahsoka, but I, I, yeah, I do think there was maybe a bit of a challenge because you don't really get. I think that goes back to your point earlier, Stephen. You don't really get to get to know who Ahsoka is. At least the the more fun, lovable side of Ahsoka, you just see the more brooding side, and she slowly comes back to that. And that's okay, right? In many ways, this season is kind of a transition between where our characters were and and where i think lucasfilm wanted them to get to and dave wanted them to get to and 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 that's okay but yeah i, I think coming in if you don't know these characters quite as well it may be a bit harder to to latch onto them and especially when plot points around oh there's this character named ezra we have to go find or this guy named thrawn we've never heard about if you haven't read the books right or um there's a lot of a lot of backstory and a lot of history and a lot of relationships that you as a viewer might be missing. That said, I think if you're going to make a show that is a love letter for fans of Clone Wars and Rebels, I don't know how you, I don't know if you can do that without the show just feeling like 
a, a giant recap of those series. Maybe there's things they could have done, but so I yeah. I actually disagree, and I think Rebels is an example of what that can look like. Um, and this is tricky because we're talking about animation versus live action, and I'm. I mean, I'm not a producer. I'm going to just go out on a limb and assume that a live action show such as Ahsoka is more expensive to produce than animation. Rebels started as, and like we, I think we all had some of the same reactions when Rebels came out of like, oh, this doesn't feel quite like the Clone Wars. Mm -hmm. It's not quite there yet. Mm -hmm. Um, Dave Filoni, just based on the two shows we have thus far, um, I feel like it takes him a season to, to, lay the groundwork and set up the characters in the way he wants them and to start telling the stories that Clone Wars and Rebels would eventually tell. But like, think back to Rebels season one. It's mostly on Lethal with mm-hmm. the new characters. Yep. And it's a lot of setup. Yep. And that all starts to pay off in huge ways in season two. And that's when we get Ahsoka. It's when we get Rex. And it's when we, uh, is Thrawn season two? I think Thrawn is season three. Yeah, um, I if I'm remembering three. correctly. But it, it builds. And I... I look at Ahsoka in a lot of the same ways, honestly. Um, like you said, it is Lucasfilm or Filoni, like somewhere between the two, putting a lot of the characters into place, starting to introduce them to the the audience, and setting up for, like we, you can tell at the at that those final shots of Ezra with Hera, and Thrawn Star Destroyer approaching Dathomir. It feels like stuff is about to go down. Mm-hmm. I think the let's ignoring accessibility for new folk, new people. I think this show was about moving all the pieces into place to tell an amazing story. Mm -hmm. And I, I feel about Ahsoka season one. I think the way I felt about rebels season one and honestly, clone wars season one, which is I enjoyed it first and foremost, like that's not in question. Enjoyed every episode. And I thought they generally did a really good job, but also didn't quite feel like it landed on the, the main things I think I wanted to see out of it but it feels like we're set up for something in the future. Mm-hmm. And that's where like the lack of a season two announcement really, I think is hurting in some ways because it, it sure feels like now's the time to follow up. We've got all of these new characters that introduced, all the pieces are in place and I don't know where we go from here. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's what's hard because you do want to see, or you, or you did want to hear an announcement. There is a season two coming on this date. Now it's going to be like you're waiting to find out if there ever is going to be one because it is literally left on this massive cliffhanger. And that's kind of sad because everything, like you said, Stephen, is right there for a perfect jumping off point to start season two. Yeah. Yeah, I I, I couldn't agree more. And and the... the, I think the challenge here is they wanted to dive right in. With Rebels, right, a lot of fans are like, as you said, oh, this is... It's fun, but it's not... It's not the same as Clone Wars. I miss Clone Wars. That was a huge refrain during season one of Rebels. Um, and you don't get that in this because you instantly get all the characters. Sure, you might have, oh, this plot point or that plot point. I wish I could see, whatever. But you're not waiting until season two or the end of season one to see Ahsoka or Maul mm-hmm. or you know any of these like major characters. In season one of Ahsoka, we get every major character from Clone Wars and Rebels, like every single one, pretty much. Uh, you know, the ones we didn't see, we've seen in recent shows. Um, uh, you know, in in some other form, like Bogotan, for example, or or mm-hmm. you know, or Maul, Zeb. right, or or even Zeb, right? I had a brief cameo, yeah. but Ahsoka packed in 
so many storylines and it was so good. But I feel like you either do that and then fans who haven't seen those are confused or you do a Rebels season one approach where it's very much small and contained and really character focused, but it feels maybe fans are a little bit disappointed. Um, or you just have to do like a bunch of clips of like, here's all the backstory, which also isn't very successful. And so I, I guess, yeah, I don't know how you necessarily jump right into the story without leaving some fans behind. And I think that's, they're trying something new, right? This is the first star Wars series really that you've needed to have prior context on. And I think mm. that's, that's okay. It's just an acknowledgement that you probably need to go watch Clone Wars and Rebels. And it's not necessarily a bad thing, right? I, there's a lot of people I've talked to who've gone out and re-watched, either watched or rewatched Clone Wars and Rebels as a result of Ahsoka. And I think that's that's just so wonderful. Well, it, it also appears that you don't have to watch the full seasons because I think they even put out like, these are the necessary episodes to get caught up on from Clone Wars and Rebels to get you up to speed, at least when it comes to this series. It is nice for people to go back and watch all of them, but at least if you can find that little guide, that's a good jumping off point to get you into this. Yeah. Yeah. And, but ultimately, it really does feel like both an epilogue to the Clone Wars and Rebels and mm-hmm. a prologue to whatever comes next. And it could be Ahsoka season two. It could be a movie. It could be some other series under a different name. I don't know. You know, maybe Ahsoka is a limited series and they break it off into two different shows. Or maybe it's you know, Heir to the Empire movie or something. I, we'll, we'll see. But it, I mean, I, part of me, I, I suspect they might break it off into two different, like a movie for Thrawn and Ezra and a, another either season or a new show for Ahsoka. But yeah, I, I think I would have a problem with this going into a movie because I think there's too much of a story to tell for just an hour and a half or two hour movie. I think maybe another limited series like this instead of eight episodes, make it six or something, but it would be too much to cram into just one movie. True. But we know Dave Filoni is doing a movie. And yeah. so my, my money is on, he he's doing an heir to the empire movie. That's if I had to Hopefully, bet. <laughs> and, and, I I'll I'll put money on that, but hopefully it's done to where it would wrap up, let's say, a season two of Ahsoka, and then that movie is you see basically season two of Ahsoka be the lead up to Era of the Empire, and then boom, then you have the movie, and then it's all wrapped up. Yeah, I could I could see that I could see that. So let's maybe let's let's go character by character. Talk about some of our favorite moments or, or their character arcs. And then we can talk about some of the, the plot lines and, and whatnot. Um, okay. Let's start with Ahsoka. Steven, you started to, to mention her journey at the top of the show. Any, any other, other thoughts you want to add to that before we, or. I, mean, yeah, her, her a, I think it's a good place to yeah. start as far as talking about Ahsoka goes. Yeah. Um, we saw her show up in Mandalorian, but she's fairly uh, stoic, maybe is the word, withdrawn. Um, not quite the, I don't want to say bouncy, but like clearly there's a lot on her shoulders. And I think I think what they're aiming to go for is her, like we talked about, I think, in the episode where she's in the world between worlds. Like it is about Ahsoka realizing that it's, you know, 
her association with Anakin doesn't mean she's tainted. It's not inherently not all of his teachings are inherently evil. There is there's light and there's dark in, in her master, and that's okay. Um that's a lot of internal conflict that's hard to show, I think, in this type of show. Um I thought Rosario Dawson did a fantastic job portraying her. I think the episode with Anakin stands out as like I think a high point for the show in terms of tackling that, but it, I think it overshadowed Ahsoka's role in the show a little bit to have it be, have her be so closed off in so many scenes. Tom, your, your thoughts on Ahsoka. I would have to agree a lot with what Steven said about that. I do agree. It's, it is, it is a rough transition to see Ahsoka go from the clone wars to where she is this, green padawan and you see her grow all the way up to go into rebels to where she is now you know it almost like a she didn't want to be a leader of troops and you could really tell when she got to be uh, on on mandalore that she had that back and forth even when they did the live action of ahsoka and anakin talking about that about how you know what this is war i i don't you could tell she had that struggle and you could tell at that point why she would be so closed off to that of, of, you know, being a leader, being so stoic. I do miss that playfulness of Ahsoka. I did like seeing it come out. I thought Rosario Dawson has done very well as Ahsoka stepping into basically Ashley Eckstein's shoes because we've only known her from animation and from the voice, but to see this come into live action, Rosario Dawson's done a great job. And I would like to see if there's a season two, I'd like to see Filoni bring out a little bit more of the Ahsoka personality and not be so stoic. We're seeing flashes of it, but I want to see more of that going forward. Yeah. 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 I, I'll be honest. I, 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 Ahsoka, I, I just, I love her character in Clone Wars and Rebels and Ash Eckstein is phenomenal. I thought Rosario Dawson, at least in Mandalorian did a, a decent job, but she didn't really feel like Ahsoka yet. Um, over, over, I don't know if it's a little time, but also just a little bit of her opening up, right? And becoming a little less stoic throughout this series. She really started to grow on me. She's not remotely the same character she, or you know, same, the same as the way she was in Clone Wars. And she can't be because she's grown and changed and gone through a lot. But um, yeah, it's, I thought... I, I enjoyed seeing her start to grow. I want to see more and, and hopefully she'll get, I don't think she'll ever get back to her clone Wars self. I don't think she can. Um, not that she like doesn't want to, but just as a character, she's in a very different place. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I, I enjoyed seeing her, her arc and especially how she finally with the world between worlds was able to confront her inner demons, right? With the, the looming threat of her master, uh, and whether that could happen to her too and and uh and realize that no she she can train another jedi and, and it kind of brings her her story full circle in many ways mm-hmm. yeah how did you guys feel about sabine yes yeah, i thought go ahead i thought Tom. it was perfect casting <laughs> yeah i thought it was great i think i think she captured the essence of the character my biggest thing, and I think I had the complaint at the beginning when it came to the fighting style, she was more of a quote-unquote Jedi instead of like she was being trained um, under Kanan. 
to use all of your tools. And we saw that basically later when she started picking up the Jedi and the fighting tactics, she used both the lightsaber and a blaster, Mandalorian tactics and Jedi tactics. Um, you know, that's after she gained the force. But um, yeah, I thought the casting, I thought she was perfect. I really did. I enjoyed, I enjoyed the character immensely. Yeah. And also because, you know, I, my dog's name's Sabine, so. <laughs> no, she and, and Ezra, right? And, and Thrawn and Minutes, and Ezra, I think. Yes. But she and Ezra both were perfectly cast. Um, yeah. Natasha Bordizio did such a good job. She instantly just screamed Sabine. And I, I really enjoyed seeing her grow. And she also introduced one of the more surprising, I, I mean, we'd seen hints of it in, in rebels, but one of the more surprising arcs in that she got to be trained as a Jedi, right? She's a Mandalorian mm -hmm. with no force potential really whatsoever. Even who Yang makes fun of her multiple times, right? Uh, about her lack of force ability. Even Ezra, right. Is, is shocked at times, but we get to see her learn how to connect with the force over the season. And we talked early on about how we don't want to see it be too easy for her. And I think they did a good job it still happened this season, which I guess was kind of inevitable, but it, it was a, you know, it was a, it would, they ramped up her ability well. And I think, you know, unless the next season flashes forward quite a bit, um, she's not someone who's still able to go wield the force like crazy. I think it's in very limited cases where her life or someone she loves is in danger, right? It, then she can kind of, react without thinking and, 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 and save someone like with the force push for Ezra. But I liked, I liked seeing that. I liked how we got to open up our, broaden our, our knowledge of what force sensitivity means and who can be a Jedi. Uh, something we, it was a little controversial. I think when we watched the, the episodes for the first time, I, I say we, the whole community, but they'd handled it well. Mm-hmm. And I still think it gets down to where I don't think it's like everybody and anybody can be a Jedi. I think it's the gets back to, do you have the strength? Do you have the ability? Do you have the will to be it? So I don't think it's just easy to where anybody can be trained. Mm -hmm. There has to be something there that, that will bring it out of the person. I don't know if I agree, Tom. I really? That's what I was hoping okay. they were, the direction they were going. But I, that last episode, I think very much just kind of, like Sabine hasn't been training up until Ahsoka kind of re-entered her life. And mm -hmm. by the end of the, you know, however many days this has been, which isn't that many, like it's been what, like a week or two, I think, for the entire show. Probably. Uh, you know, she's able to hurl Ezra, you know, what, 30, 40 feet, something like that. Um, I think it was probably one of my least favorite parts of the show is I just not, I guess I'm not the biggest fan of that, that direction. Um, and particularly how easy they made it feel. I, I guess for me, I, I did kind of mention in the previous one of the shows about how I kind of like it to uh, being a green lantern to where you have to have a strong will to pull it off. And I do remember the comic in which you know, Oliver Queen tried on that ring, Hal Jordan's ring, and he couldn't even muster up a arrow. He mustered it up, but it took him such a struggle to even get the arrow out of the ring as a construct. And that might be the same thing with if they're trying to go for it with the force, 
is for some people, it is very hard to wield it. And somehow for Sabine, yeah, it took a little bit of a push to kind of get it out there, but it's easier for her to actually do it. Yeah, I see it as being like a, you know, in Empire Strikes Back, Luke had very little ability to to use the Force, right? He, mm-hmm. Right. But he was able to pull the X-Wing out. Size ultimately doesn't really matter, or the, the strength. It is that belief in yourself. Um, and... But I guess... Sorry, I'll let you finish your uh, before and I. And even in a new hope, no, I, 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 I disagree. I, I, I agree with you in, in some ways, but, um, you know, even in a new hope, right? He was able to target it just perfectly. I think with the, it's a. I think if it was anyone else, she could never have done what she did with Ezra. I think it's mm-hmm. just because of how much she cares for Ezra and how concerned she is that the force just almost acted through her without her really thinking. And I think she just believed in herself and trusted in the force. And so I think that's, that can explain that. And I, and I think if we go into next season, let's assume it doesn't like have a giant time jump and she hasn't been training with Ahsoka for a ton, a lot of time. But if, if tomorrow, right in the, in the show, she was like, force pulling people everywhere and all that stuff. I, I think that would be a bit harder to swallow right off the bat. But I think in this, the two cases where we saw her use the force when she brought the lightsaber to herself to, to save herself from being killed and then saving her friend from plummeting thousands of feet you know, to, to his death. Mm-hmm. I could see those as being like a, a reason for the, the force to, Full flow through her to its fullest potential. That's my two cents. I just have, I'm not saying you're wrong. No, <laughs> I, yeah, I, I just, I struggle a little bit because, like, how many people are in the galaxy? It, we, the Jedi were not uh, like a hidden thing. People knew about them, and if everyone had access to this, and yeah, Tom, I totally understand. You know, greatest will, whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. Like, how many people in the galaxy were in a position? where they needed to, you know, pull something to them in order to save their life, like Sabine did. I just, I have trouble believing that it's that unique of a thing. And if it is, I feel like the show didn't really treat it that way. Um, I, I, I won't belabor it further because, you know, it is what it is. Um, other than that, I thought Sabine did a fantastic job throughout mm-hmm. the episode. And I, I was actually, I'd say, pleasantly surprised with how much of a focus she was um and i think in some ways maybe she needed to be to help offset uh the stoicism that is ahsoka yeah and i think i think that's where you got the light a lighter side of a character arc was because of sabine because i do agree they bounced off each other very well because there you just mentioned ahsoka was the stoic one yet you had sabine i wouldn't say you know the most aloof one but at least when you saw the personality next to Ahsoka, she had a much brighter and fun personality. And then you got to give Hu yeah. Yang a bit of that too, because even though he is a droid, he did have some great one-liners. He he did bring, you know, that air of, um, oh God, the air of wisdom to the show. So yeah, that was a comedy. great, both of those characters were great to bounce off Ahsoka. Yeah. Yeah, no. Hu Yang was a was a was a great addition to the cast. Of course, loved seeing him in Clone Wars and having him 
have all of his institutional knowledge about the Jedi mm-hmm. and, uh, and their, their ways. Some for, in some cases that, that knowledge was better than others. Right. Like when he was just so used to their, their, the, the way of working, right. That he was so focused on, Oh, this is the rules. But, uh, but he also could bring us connections to Kanan and, and others. And, uh, that was, that was really nice. Um, I'm curious, Steven, your, your thoughts on Ezra took a little bit to find him, but once we did, Uh, Ezra was, I think a highlight of the show for me by far best cast. Um, I'm trying to remember the actor's name and failing. So I'm going to read your notes, William, because you're always (laughs) very good at this. Amon is Fondi. Yeah. yeah. Um, Oh, there they are. Yeah. Just phenomenal. Like, that's the only way I can describe it. He was just phenomenal as Ezra. Like, genuinely couldn't ask for anything else. Brought back that same energy, um, but in a slightly more mature form. Just great to see. Like, A++++, you know? (laughs) I couldn't agree more. He was... I... Yeah. Same way. I agree. Completely agree. (laughs) He was peak Ezra. Like, classic Ezra... It's yes, exactly. Just just like Sabine, I think you couldn't have gotten better casting. It mm-hmm. it took a little bit to see him, right? And and, and if it, once yep. we finally did get reunited with him, we we learned that you know, he he well initially he used the force to fight, which is pretty cool. Uh, instead of taking his, his lightsaber back, and then he eventually built his own in a with a with a part similar to the one Kanan used. I love those little connections, and yeah, I'm excited to see more of more of Ezra for sure. No, I just th- I couldn't add anything else, honestly. Like just phenomenal. Yeah. Do you think he will be? Do you think he'll be part? Like I, I suspect it'll be Thrawn versus Ezra in whatever story comes next for Thrawn. And I think they'll be the two I, main characters. What do you guys think? I think I think it's going to be I think it's going to be three. I think it's going to be Thrawn, Hera, and Ezra. I can see that. Yeah. Yeah, but like no force think, users. It's all like Republic military. To, well, I guess no. Right. Uh, sorry, I just I don't know why I said that. Ezra is cl- clearly a force user, so I ignore right. ignore me there. <laughs> but but yes, I think it's gonna be those three. Um, yeah. Not Ahsoka. I, well, I don't think Ahsoka will be involved against Thrawn at this point. But maybe I'm wrong. Yeah, because somehow she's got to find she and Sabine have to find a way back to this galaxy. Yeah. I don't know. What do you th- thoughts on on Hera? Uh, that was she was a surprising one as far as we knew she was going to be in the show, but we didn't know how much. What did you think of of Hera and and her arc in the show? I'll start with you, Tom. I liked her arc at the beginning, but then there's a point there's a point in which, you know, I'm not going to say she was underused. I'm not going to say she was overused. But you got to admit, when she goes to the facility and finds that basically they're building this huge hyperspace ring and she tries to pull rank, well, she's pulling rank because she is ranking. I mean, all that lead up was great. And then I do remember we had the conversation. Will we ever see her again at this point? And then we end up seeing her again in front of Mothma and sitting there fighting. The, yes, this, that and the other thing. You know, I, I think. I don't, there's a part of me. It's like you used her enough, but 
it seems like there's a little bit that, that could have been used just a little bit more, but also with the realization, the show really did not revolve around her story. It was the Ahsoka Sabine story. And she was kind of like a supporting character to it because of Thrawn. So I didn't mind it. I, I liked uh, Mary Elizabeth uh, as the actress doing pulling it off. But it just seemed like, I don't know, maybe a touch more, but not overblown is how I see it. Steven? I mean, I don't think Harry's going to be in the next season, obviously. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I think... Honestly, I think my biggest thing is I kept thinking, obviously, that Hera was not going to be in the next episode. And I feel like I that was just wrong each time. So, mm-hmm. yeah, um, I'll fully I, admit we were all wrong. Right. <laughs> we all thought. Yeah. Every, yeah. Every single time somehow. Yeah. Um, I I think I'm feeling a little bit mixed on Hera. I thought she was fine. Um, I don't know. I. Would you say there was a spark I, missing from her? No, I maybe. And I think part of what I maybe struggle with is the stuff with Hera all gets mixed up with my feelings on the new Republic as a whole. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like there was, it felt like there was maybe a piece of her story missing or her um, personality. I, I honestly am not sure what it is. And maybe it is that transition from, you know, leader of a cell, pilot of a single freighter to, you know, general of the New Republic. Um, I think she lacks some of the the weight that I wanted to see out of her new position, maybe. Um, I will say that I, the stuff with, you know, Jason was a highlight and another kind of mm-hmm. unexpected plus in the show. Like, I did not, ex- I thought, it, like, when we saw him the first time, it was going to be a one and done, but he ended up playing a fairly key role, which I thought was pretty neat. Yeah. No, you're you're totally right, and it was, you know, I liked seeing Hera again. I think she, you know, took a little bit longer to get used to. I'd say not as not as long as Ahsoka, not as mm-hmm. not as as, as fast as uh, Sabine and Ezra, but I thought she did a really good job, and we got to see her how she's she's willing to really give up her command if needed uh, to to rescue to rescue Ezra and to help Sabine and, and Ahsoka get to him. And so that was, that was cool. I, and yes, seeing Jason was fantastic. I, I hope we get more of her, especially in a, in a general role. And yeah, I think in like a heir to the empire style movie could be really great with her actually like leading the Republic forces against Thrawn. So yeah, I don't know. I, I, I really liked her though. I'm glad we got to see so much of her. Cause I kept thinking like you, Steven, Oh, it's, they're going to another galaxy. There's no way she could be in there again. There's no way she could be in the next episode. And they always f- figured out a way to work her in in a way that didn't feel shoehorned. And I, I enjoyed that. Yeah. So turning our attention to the dark side, the bad guys. Um, let's start with, of course, Thrawn. Steven, you had some initial thoughts on his character. Um, Tom, where where would you where would you go? I, I our, our thoughts on 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 Thrawn there before we uh, dive in more. I don't know. Wait a minute, is it Stephen or me? We'll, we'll start with you. Stephen gave some okay. initial thoughts. Well, you go and we'll go back to Stephen. What I appreciated is they used uh, Lars Mikkelsen as Thrawn. To me, there is nobody else who could have p- portrayed that character. 
I also believe they did a really good job transitioning him from animation to live action. I think they were able to pull it off as best as they could to do it. I see Thrawn as the way I read him in, because I'm reading Dark, uh, Dark Forces again, so I'm reading the original trilogy again. Um, but I don't see yet the three steps ahead cunning tactician of Thrawn at this point. That's why for me, if there is a second season, you have to show him as a real threat. You do see that I think he, he, he knows Anakin and he even said himself that when it comes to the apprentice of Anakin Skywalker, he knows where Anakin went. He doesn't want the same thing with Ahsoka. So he knows that she's a threat. But I just, I just feel there's just that little bit that needs to be added to the character to make him that real threat, to make him that real cunning tactician that we did see in Rebels and we get in the books. So I think it's there. It just needs to be brought out. Any additional thoughts, Stephen? No, I think Tom and I have kind of both hit the nail on the head. Like he, he lacked some of the gravitas that I think we needed, mm-hmm. and that's more to do with the position than anything else. Like the role he plays in the show. Um, yeah. I wish I wish we'd seen something of his like thinking come through. Um, it really did feel like they they were kind of trying to like keep hinting at it. We're like, oh, like. Yeah, we don't need to wait. Like, we need to conserve resources. Therefore, only send these two things instead. But, like, that's just not... I don't think that's the right way to show, you know, how brilliant the character is. It's like, ah, you used two TIE fighters when maybe a previous Imperial officer would have used four. Like, okay, mm-hmm. big whoop. Yeah. <laughs> right. Uh, so, yeah. I I ended up feeling a little underwhelmed. I think, like Tom said, I think the actor, Marl's like... Uh, I was going to say Mars. I don't know if that's right. Lars, Lars, Lars Mikkelsen. Lars, sorry. I was like, Mars yeah. Lickelson. Wait. Um, <laughs> uh, I almost same thing. Don't feel bad. Lars, I think, did uh, like good with what he had. And I think it's more just a matter of he's, I think the position he was in for future will hopefully set him up, you know, mm-hmm. to be more successful. Yeah. I, actually, I, I agree with, with both of you. The It's funny, though. It reminds me of, kind of gives me flashbacks to uh to rebels almost right a little bit deja vu because i remember us talking about many of the similar points around he's a really cool character i think they did a slightly better job in rebels but um you know the we still even then we got aspects of his tactical brilliance and his art but you know i think nothing has quite matched the books just yet as far as his his genius I think a part of that is just due to the fact that Rebels was, you know, it's 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 Ezra's story and the crew of the ghost and and Ahsoka is 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 all about her story. And Thrawn is a he's the villain in it, but it it hasn't necessarily been the best showcase for his abilities just because he's been well, especially in Ahsoka, right? He's been trapped in another galaxy. Uh 
and so we get hints. But yes, I, I hope that whatever we see in the future really shows his brilliance. That said, I thought he was one of my favorite characters in this in the series. He stole every scene he was in, and yeah, I just ah, I love I love the character of Thrawn. The music also that accompanied all of his scenes was just so good. To pick another example, something you said kind of sparked with me, William. I remember, um, I'm blanking on the name of the directors, but the directors for Avengers Endgame and Infinity War, they talked about how Infinity War was meant to be, like, it is It is Thanos' story, was how they talked about it. Um, it is, the goal was for Thanos to have his hero movie, even though he's the villain. And I think that's what I want to see out of Thrawn going forward is, I want to see the show, the episode, the movie, whatever it might be, where Thrawn is the hero and it all just goes, not as like goes his way because he's you know lucky, but it goes the way you want it to go for your hero. Yeah. He's mm-hmm. successful. He sets up a plan. The plan executes as he intended. And you're left like, oh man, that was like Iron Man did, I don't know. <laughs> now I feel like I'm <laughs> sounding not real, but like Iron Man did a great job there. Like his plan was really clever and brilliant. I, we need to see that for Thrawn too. Mm-hmm. And it's, giving him the time and space to be successful. Uh, he kind of does it here, but it's not really through his own, you know, successes. It doesn't ever feel like that. Like, ah, yeah. Thrawn is able to escape the planet because Ahsoka and Sabine decided to, like, hang out for a while instead of, like, rushing back. Mm-hmm. Um, I realized there were there was more to it than that, but, like, right. that's kind of the idea, you know? I, yeah, I, I hope that wherever he shows up next, whether it's Ahsoka season two or in the heir to the empire movie. I kind of hope he wins more than Mm -hmm. he did in this, in this season. He did win, right. And that he escaped the galaxy. Ahsoka's trapped. Uh, He's heading, he's, he's had returned to Dathomir, but while it, while he, he won, it, it wasn't, it was more like a, Oh, I just escaped. Right. And I think we need to see him, really we we need our empire strikes back moment yeah so let me let me remind you just sorry tom i'm gonna spoil uh, air of the empire again for you but like (laughs) a lot of air of the empire is about thrawn and you know han luke and leia they're chasing down the katana fleet you know a fleet of ships that are lost and the book ends like spoiler alert with i think it's maybe this is the second book i thought it was the first book but i'm in the middle of the second book right now again Oh, uh, you can correct me after I'm done. But like the book ends with that, like they get to the Katana fleet. They're like, oh man, we made it in time. Wait, there's only like five ships here. There were supposed to be like 300. And you realize that like, oh, Thrawn did get most of them. Um, mm-hmm. That's what we need out of this is like, what is what is Thrawn's victory? It doesn't need to be a complete mm-hmm. victory. Like we still want the heroes to feel like they did something, but we need it to be clear that like Thrawn had a goal he achieved that goal by outwitting his opponents you know whatever whatever the te- the the technique is right um, yeah. well that's that's why i mentioned that when we see him again it has to be either the chimera in the middle of a new republic fleet basically decimating it because he has to have that victory to make him be the threat he is to the galaxy yeah i think but i think I think the key is it's not just that he needs to decimate. It's he needs to do so because of some smart choice he mm-hmm. made. Yeah. It's not enough like, oh, yes. Thrawn arrived and there's a single X-Wing right. versus the Chimera and the, the X-Wing loses. Like, of course, that's what's going to happen. Right. It needs to be like we need Thrawn to be able to demonstrate why we should be scared of him. 
Right. And to, to bring us back around, I think that's the thing that Ahsoka did not succeed at is we never actually got a reason to be scared of Thrawn. He right. doesn't do anything that is particularly scary. Beyond... And so for new well, viewers, he's less threatening so far. But I think right. they I think they still have time to do that. Right. This is this is Thrawn's intro. I think they still have time to set him up as the Certainly. massive villain he is. And I, I actually mm-hmm. hope he becomes a. He becomes their main villain for a few seasons or or a, a few movies, and that's not just a a one and you know one or two shows or movies, and he's he's out. Mm-hmm. Well, they have set up. He did bring those coffins to Dathomir, so they're setting something up to where he does have a grand plan. What it is and how nasty it's going to be upon the galaxy. There is something there to make him an actual threat, but it's the execution of it and it's making him be that main threat to the galaxy that has to be set in stone. He can't just be a threat and within two episodes gone and easily defeated. And he I think can it also, his, yes. he, he can have a couple small, he can have a couple small defeats, but remember in some cases when he's had a small defeat, he technically was a couple steps ahead knowing it was going to happen because he's got a bigger victory later. Yeah. I think what's important though, is he can't just arrive with a big force and be like, Oh, I'm so scary. Right. It has to be because he is smart and brilliant and does something that other people didn't think of. Right. And I think that's what makes him scary. And that's what makes him such a great character. Yep. Yeah. So you, you mentioned Dathomir Morgan Elsbeth was uh, we we got her we were introduced to her in the Mandalorian in the first episode with Ahsoka, and I'll be honest, I didn't think much of her at the time. She was she was cool, right? But um, did not realize how big of a character she would be, especially going into this series where we find out that she's not just looking for Thrawn; she is a night sister. Uh, so her character arc here was very surprising to me, and she ends up becoming a, a you know, a, I think a either a full on night sister or maybe like a a, a mother or great mother. It's unclear if she actually cha- attains that status, but um, especially because she she ultimately dies. But yeah, what did you? Morgan was a surprise. What did you think of her and all the reveals about Dathomir? I want more. I want yeah. more about what's going on with Dathomir. I did appreciate, sorry, Stephen. I did appreciate seeing the the three mothers. I that that was one of those things. And when when you first saw them, I was like, they went there. I thought that was a great poll. So, Stephen, go ahead. I'm sorry to interrupt. No, I was, was going to agree. Like I was again surprised that like this is this was the direction we were going. Like we kind of talked about in the first episode. Like we didn't realize that. Uh, Morgan Elspeth was like a night sister, even though looking back, it feels kind of obvious. Um, and yeah, like, I, I think my biggest disappointment is that she's, you know, uh, spoilers no longer with us. Um, <laughs> and that is, you know, unfortunate because she was a great character. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I liked how she, through her character, you know, she, she was ultimately the catalyst for Thrawn returning. She wasn't just looking for. You know, I guess Thrawn used the Great Mothers to communicate with Morgan Elsbeth, one of the last surviving Night Sisters in our galaxy, 
and that's how he was able to come back. And then, you know, the, with the Night Sisters, that's how they lead him to the the path to Peridia, who that takes him to um, you know to the, to the other galaxy. And she ends up becoming a very pivotal character for this this show, which was which was very surprising. Um, yeah, I agree. In the process, she mm. recruits two uh, two characters, Balin, Skull, and Shin Hati. Um, let's let's talk about Shin first, and then and then go into. Well, actually, let's let's start with Balin. Balin, he yeah, start with Balin. For me, he I think so. That I think there's a there's like the beloved characters from the from you know that we know and love from other other works that I just am so excited to see in live action. And then there were the new characters. And I feel like of all the characters, Balin and Thrawn, but Balin and Thrawn had the most gravitas and the most weight that they brought to the the series. And Balin in particular, I loved his story. He did he was such a cool character. It's it's you know the 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 late Ray Stevenson did such a good job playing him and it's it, it, you know it's 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 unfortunate that we probably will not get to you know we definitely will not get to see him reprise the role as as Balin of course but I don't know I like get there wasn't a lot that happened initially we got lots of hints that he's a former Jedi who was disillusioned with the Jedi but he's also not a, a Sith he's kind of in the middle he he has great admiration for the Jedi but realize that this cycle that needs to be broken and he's looking for this power, right? There's a lot of, a lot of mystery around what he's doing. And at the very end, we get this hint that he's searching for Mortis and we see the Mortis gods. And it is so cool as, as someone who loves the Mortis trilogy and in Clone Wars, he had one of the most interesting, I think stories of in fascinating backstories of all the characters and, and he was a, a standout for me in, mm-hmm. in this show. I don't know. How, what do you guys think? I feel the same. I mean, I, of the new characters, like he just had a presence on screen that honestly, like he had the kind of presence on screen that you want, wanted Thrawn to have. And I don't mm-hmm. think quite did. Um, every scene he's in just awesome. Uh, he, everything like he's just, Every there's so much nuance to his performance as well, like from his fighting style to the way he delivered dialogue. Um, like you said, William, the way he has like a veneration for Jedi, um, despite, you know, not being an ally anymore, the way he respected Ahsoka, like all of these are things that just, I think, pointed to how awesome Ray Stevenson was at the role. And this kind of reveal at the end is very like Kraya esque like my my issue is with the cycle that keeps repeating Mm-hmm. you just you just want to know more right and i think for me the best thing about the character was whenever he was on screen there was a noble a, a noble air about him even though he was a mercenary because that's that's basically what uh they were labeled he and shin there was still that nobleness about him and i think this would be a great character for a, a book about his backstory because he also knew how where Anakin came from and what Anakin ended up being. He did bring that up. So his backstory is one I would love to see explored. I am saddened that Mm -hmm. at least with Ray Stevens, he will not be able to reprise the role in a season two. But I do think 
and this is really sad to say, I think that character does need to continue. It's going to be very hard to find somebody to fill those type of shoes for Balin to continue because there is a story there. I don't think they can drop that story of him when he's standing literally on the arm of the Mortis father pointing in a direction. What do you what do you think they'll do, Tom? Like uh, Disney has typically, I think, shown a hesitancy to recast anyone who's in a uh, the main role unless their ages are so dramatically different. I guess Han is one example, right? But that's because he's you know he's he's much younger. So maybe they'll they'll recast. And a lot of times they it seems like they tend to just continue the story in some other way. But do you have? I I think the hardest thing with this William is continuing the story another way because to me they ended the show for a reason this way with Balin standing there looking off in the distance on the mortis god uh, mortis father hand arm so there is a story that needs to continue they can't just drop it and put it into a book format that's my opinion so sadly they're going to have to try and find somebody that has that kind of air about them to, to continue the character. I, I hate to say it, but that I've said it before. I said it again. If you call attention to something, you have to continue it. And they called attention to this. That storyline has to continue. Yeah. I, I personally, I think they should recast. I think it's unfortunate, but I think the story is too important to just drop. Um, yeah. I, what I think will actually may happen is I wonder if they retrofit Shin's story into Balin's. Mm. Um, it's pretty yeah. clear that they had intended for them to kind of go separate ways. Like Shin ends kind of set up to be a warlord almost. Um, but I, you could imagine them, you know, I don't know if they have delete potential scenes. Maybe they cut with um, cut with him, but like, where we find out that actually Shin knows more about Balin's plan. And maybe this was actually part of it the entire time is Balin thought he would need an army. And so she went to find the army or I don't know, like there, there are ways you could kind of admittedly ham fisted, but like retrofit to try and make that work. Um, I'm not the biggest fan of that. I think they should just recast and acknowledge the, you know, the character work that was done by Ray Stevens that laid mm -hmm. the ground here. But I, I, I think that's the right way to continue it. Like there, yeah. it's uh, this um, is like this is tough. Yeah, it, there's no right answers. I think the no, um, but I think the wrong answer is to not pay off this story that they've set up. Mm -hmm. And like we just we know this is up Dave Filoni's alley. Like the only people that have touched Mortis is Dave Filoni. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, there's no way that he's not wanting to follow up on this in the future. I mean, the fact that they brought Mortis into this and it seems. It seems to be that he is searching. I I suspect he's searching for Mortis, the actual Mortis, mm -hmm. or at least a continuation of it, right? And we see, you know, the the Mortis gods represented in uh, statues with the you know the daughter broken because she was killed, and we see the mountains. It kind of looks like it might be the location of like the physical location of Mortis, as if maybe they were transported to this planet uh in, in the clone wars i don't know there's i mean i guess that's yeah that's the other option it's not satisfying but they could literally pull the like oh well turns out 
you know, Ahsoka goes to the mountain. She sees the statue. She's like, oh, that looks familiar. And then there's a big that's like, oh, this, whoever you think this is, it's not. This isn't Mortis. Look again next time. Like, whatever <laughs> it might be. Like, they could. That's true. That's, I hope not. I think the I, fact that they're going for this. Oh. That's also a bad option, but that is, you know. I mean, I suspect that if I had to, if I had to bet, and now clearly we've had a track record of not, we, we, our track record has not been the greatest <laughs> with this, this, this series. So take the whatever we say with the greatest salt. Um, uh, my theory is that we'll see Ezra and Thrawn and Hera, as we talked about. That's yeah, the heir to the Empire. Meanwhile, they will break off Ahsoka and Sabine and Balin into a completely separate show or movie or whatever it ends up being. And that's going to be about Ahsoka and Ahsoka training Sabine and searching for Mortis, following Balin, probably having to deal with Shin on, along the way and going deeper into the nature of the Force. At least that's, I would love that. At least maybe I'm completely off base there, but I want to call it one thing that I think is you're overlooking potentially, which is anything that is heir to the empire. Mm -hmm. If it takes place in the galaxy far, far away, they have to figure out how they work around Han, Luke and Leia. Like, Mm -hmm. yeah, it's, there's a this tricky line they're going to have to draw, mm. which is, is Thrawn a big enough threat that it, you know, we can't imagine that they're not involved? Or is Thrawn a small enough threat, which I suspect is the way they, they will go, where it never quite gets to the point where they get involved? And I, but, I think oh. that would be unfortunate, but I think that is an open question that they will need to solve. And I, I think they'll probably say no. Like, I don't know if we'll get Han, Luke, and Leia in our theoretical heir to the Empire movie. Well, theoretically, you're also going to be getting uh, Lando Calrissian too, because he and plays sure. very heavy. Yeah, he plays very heavy in the second book right now. Um, but I, 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 my biggest problem is going to be if they are going to try and play out this heir to the Empire storyline, you still have to make Thrawn a threat. You can't yeah. downplay him, because if you're downplaying him, then you're doing a real mm-hmm. disservice to a very classic, very tactical character. Yeah, yeah I broadly, I think the actual, I, and this gets back, brings us back to Ray Stevenson to some degree. I think Lucasfilm is going to have to figure out how they feel about recasting. Like, mm-hmm. either they're going to have to keep siloing characters and it, like the, uh, let's pick a, moment from this season show like when c3po appears carrying a note from leia Mm -hmm. it's great when it happens but like it also underlines that we don't we're not getting live action leia that doesn't work long term (laughs) like i'm trying to imagine you know leia apparently is on the defense force committee which or the defense council whatever they called it are you telling me that if Thrawn launches an assault against the New Republic, like, oh, sorry, guys, Leia's actually off the Defense Council. She's went and joined the, the Farming Council, and so she's not here now. Sorry. <laughs> they, yeah. they need to figure out their recasting story, and I think, and I suspect we'll see uh, uh, Ray Stevenson recast here, unfortunately. Yeah. Like I, I, it's not something... So- they should do joyously, but I think it, it needs to happen. Ooh, you bring up a good point that I, I should have considered previously, but really hadn't about the heir to the empire movie. 
do you think they recast Han, Luke, and Leia as well? So Han, I... Uh, I mean, Han I has already know. been recast as Alden Ehrenreich, right? So we've seen the precedent for that. That's true. Han, right. So Han, we could see. Um, Han's also the easiest to write out, unfortunately, because he didn't really... Mm-hmm. Like, in the novels you and legends, Luke. <laughs> Han became, a, like, continued as a general and worked for some time in the New Republic military. Han that we have in new canon does not fit that. Um, Leia, hard to imagine she's not involved. Luke, again, this is where I struggle because, like, they could totally choose, and I would not be surprised if Luke's is like, no, Luke's busy training the Jedi. He's not going to show up and help here. Mm-hmm. But I think that just undercuts Luke's character mm-hmm. again. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. Agreed. it's the same problem with Luke in episode seven and eight, which is like, yeah, and then Luke left. And yeah. you can add all the reasoning you want into that. But at the end of the day, Luke left. And is that yeah. part, does that fit with his character? Um, I don't know how they tackle any of this for Heir of the Empire, which is why I'm still suspicious Heir of the Empire or some of what will happen may take place post seven, eight, nine. And they find See, some I, way to delay it until then. But if, if they're, if they're so focused on Aaron of the empire, what are they going to do about the Jedi master, George Kovath? Cause he uh, plays out. Throughout I think the whole thing. doesn't play a role in this new version. Like okay. maybe Shin plays that role. Um, okay. That I could see. Turns, but well, or sorry, okay, I guess if, I, back. I think it's the Night Sisters that play that role. They are the mystical force on the side of Thrawn. You know what? That I could see. That I could definitely see. Yeah. Or the only other way they could have pulled it off is would have been with Balin's skull. Yeah. He no, I think Balin he, he would yeah. was originally going to be that character. And, yeah. And now will not be. Yeah. But now you bring up a good point. I mean, I guess the other option is they. They sparingly use Han, Luke, and Leia, and you know, or at least Luke, right? And they, they, they use the they recreate him, you know, digitally de-age him as we saw in Mandalorian, just enough that you get the Luke scenes, and maybe he's off in another part of the battle, so he's there. You hear his voice, maybe you see him a couple times, but I feel like that would cheapen it. Yeah, that, and I think this yeah. is the problem. It's the same thing, like I said, with Leia in Ahsoka, which is it works okay as like, hey, we're just kind of teasing this thing that we know is happening. It really is an issue if you're trying to tell a broader story. Mm-hmm. Like, ultimately, Hera's uh, like disobey of orders is not a big deal. Thrawn yeah. attacking is a big deal. Yeah. So I don't know. I feel like we're a little a little off track. Yeah, there's <laughs> no Air to the Empire movie as of yet. It's 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 fun to 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 speculate about though. Yeah, oh, it is fun to speculate. Yeah. But so I, I guess we, oh sorry, go ahead. I was say we've talked a little bit about Shin, um, but just more holistically, how did you guys feel about her role in the show? I thought she was she was fine. I thought Balin was a lot more of an interesting character. I feel like mm-hmm. she never really got to grow that much except from the stand in Balin's shadow and kind of scowl uh, a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Or agree. <laughs> sit in a cockpit and uh, right. you know, look angry as she misses yeah. or shoots the Ahsoka ship. And yeah. It, so it I don't think we really got to for the 200th time. I don't think we really got to truly understand who she is and what makes her tick. And she seems to be more of a 
joining the Marauders now, and so she. I think she'll just be this antagonistic character going after Ahsoka on the side, but not really being that much of a threat. I, I, I don't know. I, I mm-hmm. hope they build her into a into a more interesting character, and maybe she will take Balin's place. But I thought she was fine overall. But yeah, not. Um, I, I would put money down. Like if this is again, if we get another show, I think she will be one of the standouts. Like Jedi leader of Marauders gives me like almost like Hondo kind of vibes. Like I think there's a lot of potential there mm-hmm. to grow. I mm-hmm. do think she was underutilized in this season in particular. Like that part I totally agree of, with. Yeah. Some of it standing next to Balin, but we really didn't get to see like we talked about, you know, the the episode Master and Apprentice. And we're like, oh, there's we've got two masters and two apprentices, and it's it, the story mirrors itself. Um, I don't feel like we ever really got Balin and Shin master and apprentice scenes. Mm-hmm. And that I think is what was missing from her story is something to give her a little bit of growth. Mm-hmm. I I agree with everything you say about it. The only thing that I I take away from the character is She's just this brooding teenager who's standing by this big guy who's supposed to be training her how to be a Jedi. And he just says, I need you to do this, this, this. And you really didn't see the training. I mean, he gave her advice. He gave her this. He gave her that. But you never really saw a like training montage of Ahsoka and Sabine or Ahsoka and Anakin. It was just mainly advice. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. I, one of the things I loved about this show, though, was not just the characters, but the, they, they, I felt like they, they dared to go into some really new and interesting places with the plot um, or to some nostalgic places. Right. For example, the show starts with a return to Lothal. And for fans of Rebels, that is so cool. We get to see Ryder Azadi and, and, uh, uh, it's just, it's so great. Uh, a lot of the, you know, background characters that we know I've met from Rebels make an appearance too. And it is a, I mean, there's some moments where it's a shot for shot remake of the end of Rebels. And it's a, it's a perfect introduction for Sabine and, uh, Hera and and everyone else. I just I just loved getting to see Lothal again. Yeah, I mm-hmm. I still laugh at the scene where we uh, the Ewing sequence um, on <laughs> yes. the absurdly long highway to nowhere. Um, it was silly in Rebels, and I think it's even sillier in this show. Not in a bad way, but it, like seeing that, like I said, William faithfully recreated is just is really cool. Yeah. It was. It was. Uh, also, I think the thing that surprised. Well, there's two. There's. I think the thing that. There's two things I was surprised by. Uh, in, well, actually, maybe maybe more than that. Let's just start with though with one of <laughs> one of the things I was surprised by. One at a time. William. Was going to a new galaxy. Right. Star Wars has always been set a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. And this show takes us beyond the known galaxy into a whole new galaxy. I was so excited about this and it it felt new. It felt fresh. It felt like we were doing something Star Wars has never done before. Right. We've seen, sure. We can have different takes on Star Wars. Oh, this is a more of a spy thriller. Oh, this is more of a, you know, more of a horror, right. Episode of Star Wars TV or whatnot. This is about the Jedi. This is about the new Republic, whatever it may be, or the clone wars, uh, or way back in the, in the, in the past with, 
uh, you know, or public or higher public, but we've never gone outside of the known galaxy. And they did that in this one. And that was really, really cool. I think there was, we didn't get to see as much of it as I would have liked. We only got to see one planet, Peridia, and it was, it was different, but not too out there. Not meaningfully so. But Mm. it had a, it had a unique look. It was a little more vicious in, in, in places. And, we got to learn a lot of the history of the galaxy about, you know, this is where the Pergil go and this is where the Night Sisters originated from. And so I think just the fact they're going outside of the galaxy is really cool. And I love that. And I, I hope we get to see more of that. The fact that Ahsoka and Sabine are stuck there makes me think we will. But uh, what, what do you guys think of this, this plot line? I'm just happy when they got to the next galaxy, it didn't end up being like a negative universe to where it was like really funky colors and all. It, yeah. It's a bizarre thing. No, honestly, I mean. No, I understand. I get it. Yeah. I, it's one of those things where it's like you're going to a different galaxy. You almost wanted to see something just a little bit different. Like, you know, when you see the the pictures of the Hubble telescope and all the colors and, and all the gas giants out there, and you kind of expected that when you get to this galaxy that it would be like this really completely different thing, but it ends up being a galaxy far, 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 far away in another galaxy, you know, and the planet was definitely different enough to know that you were somewhere different. And even the, the hyperspace, you know, lights were showing that you were going somewhere different. So I appreciate that it was different enough that it wasn't overboard, I guess is what I'm saying. I think that's reasonable. I'll I'll say I, you both covered the positives, I think, of it, which I agree with. I okay. was a little disappointed we saw so little of this new galaxy. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe that makes sense in order to preserve the ability to explore it later. Um, but it ended up just feeling like just another planet that happens to be particularly inaccessible versus something truly unique to me. Um, I really was hoping, like we talked about the Yuuzhan Vong. Obviously, the Yuuzhan Vong did not show up. <laughs> we were wrong again. <laughs> um, hey, it, 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 it made sense at the time and still does. It still makes sense. But yes, I we were wrong. It, <laughs> yeah. And I think one of the things I liked about the theory is it makes the galaxy, the new galaxy, feel particularly unique and dangerous. Um, and because we didn't get that, I, I don't feel like it. Like if, I don't know, like William, you and I played through uh, Jedi Survivor recently, and there's the, I don't even remember the name of the planet, Tantalus, I think. Is that right? Uh, Yeah, that sounds, yeah, I think so. Yeah, close. No, that's Mount Tantalus. It's not Tantalus. No, it's, uh, whatever. Wait a minute, wasn't it Perdia? No, that's that's from this one. No, 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 no. It's not in, anyway, regardless, there's a planet in Jedi Survivor, and the whole idea is that you can only get to it through the nebula, and they don't have a path through it, so it's very closed off, and a lot of the game revolves around finding out how to get through this nebula to get to this planet. Tantalor. I, there you go. Tantalor. See, yeah, we were it's close. close. Tantalus, Tantalor. Um, yeah, close enough. That's how I felt about the new galaxy. It it was a unique location. You're right. The 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 visuals of it are fantastic. It could have been a a planet in the Star Wars galaxy that would just happen to be inaccessible. And I think story wise, it would have been identical. Um, Again, that being said, maybe we'll get the Yuuzhan Vong in season two of Ahsoka, you know? Uh, like there, <laughs> there's still hope. Potential. Yeah. I agree. It was it was cool. Um, yeah, but I, I, I wish we'd gotten a little bit more. Um, let's see. Another 
you know, there, were, there was quite a bit of time in the series just getting to the galaxy. I think it took about half the season to get to Peridia. Um, it was, you know, we got, there's some nice moments, right? We got to see like the Republic factory, shipbuilding factories and, and whatnot. A lot of time was spent on the planet Cetos though. And that was the setting for um, probably one of the most, again, another surprising moment I'll venture to say even more surprising. Well, I don't know. We the going to another galaxy was completely out of left field, right? Uh, we weren't yeah. expecting that. Uh, I think we knew that that we knew that they were lost somewhere. Thrawn and Ezra were lost. We didn't know it was in another galaxy. The and I, and I guess you could argue that maybe there was a chance the world between worlds would show up. Actually, a good friend of mine was like, "Oh, I'm certain the world between worlds would show up in Ahsoka." You know, you never know, right? Because it was a big deal in, uh, you know, Mortis was a big deal in Clone Wars, World Between Worlds was a big deal in Rebels. But the fact that we get both of these, right? And they mm-hmm. use that as the vehicle for an entire episode dedicated to Ahsoka and Anakin. And we get to see young Ahsoka and Anakin and Rex and it, 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 it was so. I that is, I think, I was not expecting Hayden Christensen Christensen to show up in this series, and it was such a, a joy to see him return to Star Wars again for the first time in you know, uh, well, in two years, right? Twice in mm-hmm. twice in uh, like a year and a half, he he appeared in a Star Wars uh, TV series, and it was just, it was so cool. Yeah, a highlight like through and through it, like we said it's the episode i think that gives ahsoka the most character development mm-hmm. um hayden christensen returning and pl- like stepping into matt lanter's role um in so many ways is was really cool to see um just so cool oh, a plus I, I just appreciated seeing a live action clone wars and how they were able to pull it off believably yeah you know because you're not you're not going to be able to see the attes a full on ATTE, they were able to pull it off with like, you know, the dust storm around to make it look like, you know, I wouldn't say a dream sequence. How but it, it kind of was off. right. Because yeah, you're in the world of worlds. It's kind of a dream. So you don't have to fully render it, but it was enough. Right. Yeah. It was enough to give you context of what was going on. You knew it was the clone wars. And then to jump from that into the siege of Mandalore. Oh. Yeah. And, and you knew, you knew exactly what that was as well. So it's funny how they they literally in one show jumped from the Clone Wars to Star Wars Rebels. And as you pointed out, Stephen, the best thing was it was Hayden Christian that was jumping into the role of Matt Lantern in both series. When you look at it from the point of view, which which really and the costuming was perfect. Yeah. Again, this is where it's that love letter to fans of the Clone Wars, right? It's yeah. Through and through, and it, this episode got a theatrical for release, and for good reason. Um, oh, absolutely! Because it was a it was a massive, massive episode, and oh, it's yeah, I, I I loved it. I still looking back, I'm like, oh man, we got we got this is a series where we got to see a new galaxy. We got to see flashbacks to the Clone Wars. We got to see you know all of our beloved characters from Rebels, except. Uh, except Zeb. We never got that ghost crew reunion, though. Um, Not yet. 
saving that for Ahsoka season two. Yeah. Yep. And and like Mortis and all these other things. Like they, they packed so and Thrawn, they packed so much into the show. It's mm-hmm. it was it, it it still kind of blows my mind. And and they did drop one other thing. Remember when Ahsoka was doing her training on the ship? They did drop in that Anakin did record some holograms of him mm-hmm. training her. And she was like, there was did I here it was like 19 or 20 of them. There was his number, but he, at least to a certain point uh-huh. still had holograms of Anakin Skywalker training Ahsoka yeah. that she could go back to and reference. Yeah. That was, that was really, it was really cool. Yeah. Uh, so many, so many good moments. And I guess the other, the other last piece we haven't talked about yet is the night sisters and their magics and the, and the night troopers, right there were always, Oh, there's these new Thrawn's troopers have a interesting style to them. They have like red wrappings and gold accents and their, their name night troopers is, is it has something to do with the night sisters. Um, that was also an, an element that was, it's a big part of the clone wars and even rebels. Right. But I guess should have maybe been on our bingo card for Ahsoka, given it's a Dave Filoni show and, <laughs> yeah. and wasn't, yeah. uh, at least not on mine. And, um, yeah, it was, that was, it was cool. I, 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 I wonder if it might be a little too out there for people who haven't seen these other shows. It's, it's a very different type of star Wars, but I enjoyed getting to see more of the great mothers, getting to see these undead night troopers, almost like, uh, uh oh shoot what was the name of the the book uh death troopers um yeah yeah, it's it was surprising but but cool agreed yep totally agree yeah so uh, if you we we, i think we've i think that's a lot we've covered a lot i think we've covered a lot if you had if you had to pick though one there was a lot of characters who made the transition from animation to live action if you had to pick a favorite who would you pick i mean and, it's and, easy for me like I, I i have to pick ezra um which again surprises me because like ezra was not my favorite character by far in uh rebels but like i said i just i cannot heap enough praise on his appearance here um and mm-hmm. i desperately want to see more of him and see a little more of how he's matured and the wisdom he is garnered in exile. Uh, but Ezra, be easy. Uh, okay. Number two would be the ghost. Cause seeing the ghost in live action is always really cool. <laughs> mm-hmm. So not technically not his first appearance though. I mean, I it's, it's first well, time it's had its own show though. So I think force, that's what it was the show was called, right? The ghost. It's first appearance first... was in, was in rogue one. But I know. This time I'm, it was yeah. flying. It was flying in this episode. In Rogue <laughs> One, it was it's, just sitting at the base. It's flying in uh, episode nine, though. Yeah. <laughs> so Barely. yes, it's not its first appearance, but like by that logic, William, splitting is, is Ahsoka a valid choice That's for true. this? Te- I would say yeah, not. Te- then, based true. on your criteria. That's true. And uh, technically, anyway, notes, it does say not technically not the first two. time for Ahsoka. <laughs> oh yes. Okay. Yes. Continue. Continue, Stephen. That was your number two. No, no, my Ezra followed by the ghost were my, my, okay. my, okay. but you only have to pick one, Tom. Wow. What was your favorite? Well, I'm going to have to say Sabine Wren was the number one. Um, uh, totally. Uh, Natasha did a great job playing the character, really making her jump from animation to live action. 
totally enjoyed every minute of it. My number two character is going to surprise. I loved seeing Hayden Christian in the Clone Wars and the Rebels era. Ooh, that's true. Does does Anakin Clone Wars count as a new character? I think See, I think so. I, I I'm also I'm also going to throw one other. I'm throwing a third one in there. Uh-huh. And oh I'm man. Throwing, yeah, I'm I'm gonna go uh, there. What have I I have unleashed something that's yeah you have not helpful at all. But okay, no, Tom, who's your third? My third is actually seeing Ahsoka Tano in the same versions. Padawan. Padawan Ahsoka. as the Padawan yeah. in as the Padawan here in Clone Wars, and then the Siege of Mandalore. Played by Ariana Greenblatt. She did a really good job. Yeah. I was I was I, I have to single that out. I could go for a fourth, but I'm gonna stop. Oh, okay, who's your fourth? Let's just do one more. Why not? Captain Rax. Ah, uh, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> how can you not? How can you not sit there and see Captain Rex in that classic Captain Rex pose in his 501st armor and that helmet, and Tamara Morrison coming back and doing the voice? I mean, yeah. come on. Yeah. Yeah. All right, William. What about you? Uh, I think as far as like how well the character translated, definitely. Probably, oh, it's hard to choose between Ezra and Sabine as my number one. Maybe Ezra followed by Sabine, but it's close. Um, uh, yes, I, I, all the ones you guys, you, you, you all mentioned were fantastic too. Um, another, a surprising one. He, he had a very minor role, but Governor Ryder Azadi played by Clancy Brown, one of the only Clone Wars characters to reprise his role with the same actor. Uh, of course, Grand Admiral True. Thrawn. Uh, and being the other one, but uh, yeah, it was it was it was great to see Ryder Azadi back as Clancy Brown, just because he looked and sounded exactly the part, um, which was nice. And what uh, when you know, it is the same person, exactly, mm-hmm. exactly. But sometimes even right when it's the same person, the they're sometimes they're they're hired for their their voice, right, and not their appearance. And in this case, his voice and appearance, probably because Ryder's audio was kind of based on Clancy Brown, mm-hmm. they both Very aligned true. perfectly. And so I think if I was going to pick like the perfect one-to-one translation, probably him because he literally looked and sounded exactly the part, right? There was no recasting or anything. It's just him. And that, that was great. Uh, even though it was a brief, brief moment. Um, but no, I think, you know, as far as re- bringing on a new actor to play, Ezra and, and Sabine and, and Grand Thrawn, right. was fantastic as well. I think he, some people, there was not necessarily, there were some critiques I think you could have for his outfit, but overall I thought he looked really, really good. Um, yeah. Uh, and then, you know, I guess runner up, maybe, uh, what should we say? Uh, Hamato Ziono. Just, just kidding. No, geez. <laughs> Get out of here, William. Oh. Yeah, please, hey, William. He, technically, he counts, right? He was in resistance, so he he does count. But, <laughs> but no, come I, I'm on. just I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I know you are. Oh yeah, man. There was just so much to love in this series. Any other like standout moments or or things that you guys just just absolutely loved in this series? I think. I, I think we've covered a lot. Yeah, yeah. I'm not, I'm having yeah. trouble picking anything else that we didn't already talk about. Yeah. No, I I, I agree. I think we've this might be time to wrap it up then. But it, it's been so much fun looking back on this show. It is 
in many ways it feels like the most Star Warsy series yet that they've mm-hmm. had on Disney Plus. Yeah. It is it's got your you know the the empire your, your jedi your the you know the force the the lore the you know references to the clone wars and rebels and it, it from that standpoint i think it is the biggest right um we've had amazing shows like the mandalorian and kenobi and andor right and uh and they've all been wonderful but this is probably the biggest live action show we've had yet i guess I'll, I'll say and probably the one that has the biggest impact on the larger saga and how it connects to things whereas Very some true. of the other shows are more yeah. standalone so yeah I'm, I'm excited to i i hope we get a season two when, when do you guys think we'll get an announcement you think it's once the actor strike wraps or is huh? it you think it's i would assume it's when the actor strike wraps i think probably, that's probably is uh putting the delay in here yeah yeah hopefully and then hopefully because it's getting to be the the end of the year i would say after the actor strike if it's wrapped up by the end of the year i wouldn't be surprised if sometime after the first of the year yeah we'll see um well i guess in the meantime we've got next on the calendar it was supposed to be i thought this fall but maybe maybe it's getting delayed skeleton crew followed by The Acolyte and the next fall Andor season two. So we've got a lot of Star Wars coming up. Two new shows we don't really know a ton about. So I'm excited to learn more about these these series. Mm -hmm. Uh, We haven't really seen any footage for Skeleton Crew or Acolyte and um, except for like at Star Wars Celebration, which, you know, they have not publicly released anything. Um yeah, so I'm I'm excited to see where those go. Thank you for In the meantime, to the Ion Cannon Podcast. I think we're gonna for we'll take a couple couple weeks off a uh, break. We'll be back for over here and decade, there with our uh, episodes over the over the holidays. The saga, William, from the films, yes, and the series like are, are we not doing Rebels, ratings for Ahsoka? Comics, well, we're gonna get to that. But you know, I just you're going for like your favorite podcast. That's true. It sounds like no, you're right. You're right. We should do we should do ratings. We can be found at our website ioncannoncast.com. There's a lot more to to cover. That's that's for sure. Do so at um, contact at ioncannoncast.com. The Ion Cannon podcast is not associated um, with Lucasfilm, the Walt Disney Company, I think or any and this will be interesting because, like, I'm William, I'm going to talk, but I hope you're pulling up our like average rating. Oh, I am. You know, I am. The hosts. This um, podcast is a production by fans I, for fans. I actually think Ahsoka may be a show, rare show that is less than the sum of its parts. Um, I enjoyed every episode just about of the show. Um, on, like, you can go back and listen to all the reviews and final thoughts there. I think as a season, it ends up coming up a little bit short. It is lesser than the sum of its parts. Um, it works, I think, pretty well as like a, a intermediary story between like Rebels and whatever is going to come next. But it does very much end up feeling very intermediate. It is it is a classic, like I said earlier, it is a classic Dave Filoni season one. All the pieces mm-hmm. are getting in place, but the you can tell it's not quite firing on all cylinders yet. The characters aren't quite where we want them to be. Um, I would have liked to have seen a little more from Ahsoka, a little more from Hera, um, a lot more from Shin, a lot more from Thrawn. <laughs> uh, but the the you can tell the story is moving into place, and it's we're, it's set up well for the future. 
this is like the classic. Like, I'm gonna, I think I'm going to give it like a seven and a half. Um, and I would guess my average rating, William, was probably like eight to eight and a half. Oh, How far off? 8.0625. So okay. wow. there you go. So, yeah. so yeah. just wow. just, just slightly below your average. Which is yeah, fair. It ends up being, and I think this is right. Like, yeah. I think the average episode in the show probably wasn't eight. I do think the show was closer to like a 7.5, maybe. I'm, I'm going to give it a 7.5, but if you told me seven, I, I would be fine with that. Because yeah. well, um, you have to, you're right. You have to look at it in as far as how the arc goes overall, even right. if individual episodes are, you know, particularly yep. and, good or not. Yeah. And to be clear, it's not, this isn't just like, uh, no, the finale let me down. I think the show as a whole just doesn't quite deliver on the broad story that we were hoping it would even though the individual episodes are fantastic. Um, not, uh, maybe this isn't the best analogy, but like seven, eight, and nine have similar problems. The overarching story is lacking, but mm-hmm. the individual moments in each movie are fine. Um, so this is similar to me, but I I hope we get a season two announcement because that will make me feel confident about where we're going. So, yeah. And Tom, you want to go next? What happened to your Womp Rats, Stephen? Oh, I do have to do something with my Womp Rats. I mean... Oh man, I was I should have been thinking about this and I really wasn't. Um I think my Womp Rats, look, you know, Balin is searching for effectively the question at the end uh question at the end of the universe, you know, the question of life, the universe and everything. Um the answer is not 42 obviously because that would be silly. Um but he, he's going to uncover Mortis and find out that, you know, inside the mountain and the thunder, there's just like seven and a half Womp Rats like chilling and having dinner like that. Mm-hmm. There is no great answer. There is no Mortis. It's just seven Womp Rats having a good time. There is no Mortis. It's just Womp Rats. Yeah, Get it. Exactly. Okay. Uh, Tom? Okay. I, I think, Stephen, you summed it up best. I really, really, really feel, just like you do, this is a Dave Filoni story to where everything is being put into place. There were episodes that were slow. Could have sped up a little bit. Pacing, all that other stuff. Uh, I really can't. I, I have to agree with you as well. I think as a season... A 7.5 is what it comes out to be. Um, I was expecting a lot. I got a lot out of it. There are some great moments, but it just feels like everything at this first season is a setup for something that hopefully will be spectacular, knocking your socks off in the second season. Because I think that's how, you know, it's it's been laid out. Sorry, something I want to add just to make sure it's clear, because I, I agree with you. This is like we, you and William about said. This is a, such a Star Warsy show. Yes. I don't think that's a bad thing. No. Like, I, I love four, five, and six. I enjoy one, two, and three. I enjoy seven, eight, and nine. Fundamentally, Star Wars, very, I should say, very rarely is Star Wars a like literally firing on all cylinders. Mm-hmm. Um, there's always a little bit of unevenness to it because it, it is a creation. And I think. Oh, I forget where I, I thought I said this on the show, but like, to me, Dave Filoni is the truest successor to George Lucas, not because he you know studied under George, although all of those things are part of it, but like George Lucas was also super inconsistent in terms of how <laughs> Star Wars was treated. Um, mm-hmm. And yet, and so it, he and George Lucas both. Everything here is just another example of that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, right, and, and yet, I yield my time back to Tom. <laughs> okay. Well, okay. I'm going to yield a little bit over to William so he can finish his thought. <laughs> well, yeah, I'll just say, and yet, you know, yes, there's inconsistencies, but they both know the Star Wars story so mm-hmm. well yes. and that they they get 
obviously George Lucas because he created it, right? And Dave Filoni, he he gets Star Wars as well. And so, you know, even when there's some inconsistency overall, it's they they know what they're doing and they, it always tell a, a really interesting, compelling story. And and yeah, no, I, I, I agree well, with what you said. But but I, I completely agree. That's the that's the thing that makes it Star Wars. That's what doesn't make it Star Trek or Battlestar Galactica or any other science fiction series out there. This has its own cadence. This has its own style. This has its own, you know, flow and story. And, you know, we can put up with the bad lines that are out there and the rushed lines that are said by actors and and the slowness to the story, because that's what Star Wars is. If it were to veer off from that kind of style, it wouldn't be Star Wars anymore. And I think that's the one thing you're seeing with this season of Ahsoka is you're seeing it play out as this is Star Wars. It has its great moments. It has its slow moments. And it has its set up, which is what's happening with this. You're just going into the second season saying, okay, now for the first episodes that come into the second season, blow my socks off because we're going to expecting the story to expect the story to slow down a little bit because that's Star Wars. And I think this season sums up Star Wars overall. Th- this this is a microcosm of Star Wars right here. So I'm giving it a 7.5. And my 7.5 Womp Rats, I am going to take this tact. Those 7.5 Womp Rats are actually in a writer's room right now trying to figure out what's going to happen in the second season of Ahsoka since the writer strike is over. And they're hopefully going to be helping these guys figure out what the next point of the story is going to be. Okay. Well, um, yeah, I guess that just leaves me. Um, you know, what, what else can I say that you guys have not already said? You guys have, I I agree, right? This show ultimately is, it's a love letter to fans of Clone Wars and Rebels. There's so much I loved about this from the amazing character cameos and, and moments and things we never thought we'd see in live action. It's just, it's really really wonderful i think ultimately you know yeah did it do everything i was hoping for no and that's okay it doesn't have to but it was it was still just such an enjoyable enjoyable series um and yeah yeah i don't know i I, there's i feel like it sets up it is both an incredible epilogue to rebels and, and clone wars and a prequel to whatever comes next. And I think this is moving the chess pieces into place for a truly, truly incredible story that they're setting up. That is, I just feel it in my bones that they're they're setting this up. They're moving things in the right direction. And so, yeah, I I can't wait. I am excited. Um, I think overall, I think I'll give it eight Womp Rats out of ten. Um, really, really enjoyable. Um really fun i yeah i think i think that it, uh, it, it it was it was such a joy to watch every week and i think also the 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 6 p.m on the uh, pacific time time slot now instead of midnight really helps fans watch together uh more in the evenings and i think it helps spark a lot more discussion and i'm i'm glad disney plus seems to be moving to that for some of their other shows at least loki is and hopefully hopefully they'll continue this um but yeah, I guess eight Womp Rats out of 10 
and my eight womp rats, they are um they're actually they're actually undead womp rats. The Night Sisters reanimated them and they'll continue to hang around into future seasons. So I think with that, oh, and I actually, I looked back, we're all about half a point lower than we gave uh, our average overall. So we're, we're nothing if not consistent. Um, well, good. Yeah, after I, I just looked it up, I didn't want to bias any of the, the, uh, the, the total scores, but um, yeah, I think, as I mentioned, next up, we've got skeleton crew at some point and the acolyte in theory, they were supposed to be this fall, but I don't think that's going to happen at now that i mean we haven't it's end of october we haven't heard anything about these shows so probably not happening um yeah i will see we'll see where they take things uh when when the next show comes out we've got andor season two next fall in the meantime we'll take a couple weeks off and be back with our next review we'll, we'll, we'll decide what it is whether it's maybe a jedi survivor recap or in a discussion or something else i don't know we'll we'll, we'll figure it out we'll we figure can it always out. do a book haven't done a book yeah i know it's, it's, that's the i love doing the books but there's so much star wars tv content that it's it can be hard to keep yeah. up right so it's it's nice yeah, yeah there's uh we'll we'll don't worry. I'm, I'm just really glad we were able to convince the writers and actors to go on strikes. So we could get this break. You know, it was just. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. It's it's so nerve wracking to try and figure out time to do an episode. Yeah, there's 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 lots to cover as always. So, yeah, but thank you all for listening. Thanks for following along with us as we just enjoyed this incredible, incredible show that is Ahsoka. And we will talk to you all in a few weeks. Thanks for listening.